Hey guys, welcome back to the Girl I Carry Inside of Me Poetry Podcast. Today's poem is inspired by what's going on on the blogs and on social media, which is the surviving R. Kelly. Now, okay, how do I say this? Um, this topic is extremely touchy for me because I was almost a victim to a rape and it's it's really hard to see but it's something that we need to all talk about and be aware of and protect our children from from predators and so many people are on the blogs writing um on twitter on facebook on instagram and they're being insensitive you know to what these people went through they're making jokes about it they're like oh i don't care i'm gonna listen to him so all of this inspired me to write about my experience. This happened uh, a really long time ago. It still hurts, it still bothers me, it's still really fucking hard to talk about, but I wanna talk about it because I wanna heal from it and I wanna be okay with it. And I, well not okay with it, but just at peace with accepting what, what happened is what happened. And all I can do is share my story and inspire other people to talk about it. Cause the more we talk about it, the more we're prepared for it, the more we can, cope with it you know what I mean so uh I don't mean to be sad but if you're my real friend and you're my real supporter you will listen to this all the way through if you understood how how fucking hard it is to talk about these things and be vulnerable and and it's just really hard so the fact that I was able to put this into the fact that I can muster up enough courage to put together these words to share with you guys and tell my story, you know, I just think you guys deserve to listen. I don't even know what else I want out of this. I, I obviously just don't want to make you sad. And I definitely want to advise people that if you've been through something similar and if this is triggering for you in any way to talk about it, to hear it, please don't. Please don't listen. And I'm and I will be perfectly okay with that if you're one of those people who just can't stand to hear it, listen to it. And if you're just not ready, I respect that because it took me a while to be able to get to this point to share. And I don't expect you to be ready. So if you're not, then please, listener discretion advised, please do not listen to it because I'm gonna speak about it. And I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened to me that day and how that happened. So Um, But again, if you are a listener and you have the mental capacity to deal with what I'm saying, please hear me out because victims just want to be heard. You just want to feel seen. You just want to you just want to tell your story in hopes that someone will use it to not think that you're a victim, but use it to be more aware of their surroundings, more aware of the people they keep around their family, their kids, people they keep around themselves they monitor how much they drink when they go out with unfamiliar people. Like I just want people to be conscious because it's usually the people that you know, that you trust, that you're close with, um, that does these type of things to you. I don't normally hear about it being from strangers for the most part. Um, so I'm going to get into it and just listen to it. And I promise to be vulnerable in the beginning of the podcast when I introduce myself and I'm going to be just that and you guys are growing with me and I appreciate that. So here it is. It's just something about your eyes and, and the way that I'm reflected in them. I seem to look real abstract, like, like my shape is off and for some reason in your eyes, I look more like a woman. 
they're demonic. Filled with red flames and red veins. Observing you was a painful sight. Such a fucking painful sight. Even me, a not yet developed piece of fruit, to you was deemed as ripe. I can feel it getting worse. That situation, I could, I could still feel it. The tension, the fear, all I can remember thinking is how the fuck am I going to get out of here? I remember feeling discomfort in your presence. I prayed that God heard me speaking to him from so far away. I prayed, but I just knew it. I knew, I knew that that day would be the day that he fucking tried me. Come on, don't cry, T. Keep it together. Tell your story. (sighs) Okay. I was looking after my nieces and nephews and your kids too. While my sister and your wife ran some errands, went out for a few. They swore up and down that you wouldn't be around. That she kicked you out of the house and that y'all no longer shared a common ground. But I smelt you there. The energy was unbalanced. I felt danger in the air and it wasn't fair to me. It seemed like a setup, but I'll get to the details later. You'll see. I saw you and I trembled. I never seen the devil, but for some reason, I'm sure that both you and him resemble. What a waste of beautiful dark chocolate skin. What a waste of a man. And to think I grew up around you, I considered you my fam. I didn't take long to figure you out. I heard horror stories about you being a peeping Tom, lifting up the covers off sleeping woman, touching the private parts of children while their parents turned the other cheek. I heard all about your whereabouts. And even though she kept taking you back, no one else had doubts that she indeed married a monster and soon became one too because she pretended to be asleep while you rubbed on small children right there in her very own fucking living room. Usually the devil wears Prada, but that day, that day it was a cap. Blue jeans, white t-shirt, sneakers, I even remember your watch. I told the same description to the cops over and over again. I could never forget that shit. I never needed to write it down. I never needed a pen. You watched me from an angle as I sat and watched TV. You've already touched on the other kids. The only fresh new meat there was me. I can tell your mouth watered. So I avoided contact with disgust. I said, come on, kids, let's go outside. Let's go right now. It's a must. My cousin betrayed me, betrayed my trust. He came in with a key. That doesn't sound like they're not on common grounds anymore to me. So I went outside and I sat on the curb, summertime, fully dressed. I held on to my innocence, at least what I had left. Everything else with your eyes, you stripped from my body. Came out touching my my nose ring, trying to joke with me like, like being a comedian was your hobby. Wasn't shit funny though. Eventually you drove away. I didn't see you again till later on that night. You entered a house that you so-called no longer lived at with a key, tucking on my pants, bent over on your knees. Get the fuck off of me, as I pushed you and screamed. I woke my sister up, your wife, the kids, straight up from their dreams. Before I can say a thing, your wife came out of the back room. Again, Roy, again. So clearly she's aware. And this was before I even told her what happened out there. Wow, let that sink in. I was hysteric and shaking, pointing fingers and scared. My sister charged at him like a bull. It was hell from there. That motherfucker tried to rape me. He tugged on my pants and his dick was out and he was prepared to violate. He probably thought that he can cure me from all that pussy I normally ate. I feel sick. 
As punches are being thrown, somehow he made it out of the window and took off. 5 a.m., sun was rising, but rain came over me. That motherfucker touched the wrong kid, and I was going to make sure to have him pay a fee. Stay right here. We'll be back. They chased after him, beat him bad in the streets with their fists and bats. I sat rocking in the room where his own stepdaughter tried to comfort me. She said, Auntie, listen up. At least you didn't get it as bad as me. What? She was only seven. Only fucking seven. And what she said hurt me the worst to the core. I said, oh, baby, I am so, so sorry. But please tell me more. She says, at night, he comes in my room and messes with me. And my mom knows it. She takes him back. She said, it's because he cries. I held her tight, prayed for her. Then we both agreed. We hope that motherfucker died. Not too soon after, the cops were knocking at my door, had my sister in cuffs. My sister explained her actions and how that bastard deserved more. Just, just thinking, like, they really thought that he was the victim. We all drove down to the station where I gave my statement. In a room with dried tears on my face, my eyes burned like I got sprayed with mace. It was so hard for me. Seeing him in custody wasn't enough for me. I wanted him dead. And if I could at the time, I would have personally put a fucking number on his head. Long story shortened, I never went back to watch kids, to visit. All that shit was a wrap. Later, guess what? I found out she bailed him out of jail. Clearly saying, fuck me, her daughter. I hope they both go to hell. They tried to bribe me into dropping the charges. Got my mom and my dad in on it too. As if I would take the money and be cured from that traumatic experience they all put me through. If not for me, I was going to do it for the others who couldn't protect themselves. You know what? Thanks for listening. I had to talk about it, get it off my chest. But honestly, this is all too much. I just want to sit back, clear my mind and relax. Just know that I don't get defensive over these topics for my health. I wrote this poem for my peace of mind because we all know that's the real wealth. Alright guys, so at this point, you can see how sensitive this subject is. And I just want to say thanks for listening. It's really hard to talk about this, but I just want to say that kids are not dumb. They feel like I trust their vibes. Honestly, even if I had a kid and I would never want them to lie, but even if they lied about somebody doing something so heinous to them, that's enough for me to leave you alone. If my kid hates you that much, but they would even lie on you, I would walk away from you at that point. Like I specifically asked them if he was going to be around because I know his history. And they told me no, because they wanted to step out for a little bit, have their own time and leave me with the kids. Fuck my safety. Fuck the fact that they know that he was out there doing other things. So after that happened, and the good thing was he wasn't successful with me because I was a little bit older than the other kids. So I can actually fight back and push him. But the thing that got me is that night, her brother. Now, my cousin and well, 
they're not my cousin, but I grew up with them and my, our parents are really close. So you know how that goes by hood code. We were like cousins. So um, her brother normally is there all the time. He does not have a job. He was always around. He was there 24 seven. We both usually watch the kids. This particular day, he's like, I'm going to leave and I'll be right back. And I said, you know, I have a feeling that Roy's going to come back and I don't want to be here by myself. So don't leave me. He said, no, you'll be fine. I'll be right back. That was at like three in the afternoon when my sister and her both and my, and my so-called cousin, his wife started fucking him up and he ran and jumped out the window to get away from them. Of course they had to open the door to run after him. As soon as they opened to the door to leave, to go chase after him, who was about to turn the knob to come in randomly at that time? Three. I mean, I'm sorry, not three around four or five in the morning, the brother. Now, this man never leaves. He never leaves. But he left this day. I told him I felt uncomfortable. He still left me. This guy pops up that's supposedly not supposed to be there with the key. And then when we leave and, he, and all that stuff happened, you're just now walking in like you didn't know, like minutes after he was going to try to rape me. And even if you were outside walking into the building, you would have heard all the cursing and the ruckus happening inside. And he was knocking on the door like lollygagging, like nothing ever happened. So confused about it. And the fact that his wife knows this stuff happens and her daughter made it aware. And there's several situations that happened where her sisters, she found her, she found pictures of her sleeping sister with her pants hanging half off of her drunk and, he, and his phone. She was snap. He was a fucking creep. The neighbors talked about how they would see like the, the, the knob being turned and when they come to look, it was, he was walking down the street or something. So it was, he was a known fucking freak to her own kids, her own family, her own neighbors. So when I screamed and she came out snapping on him about what he did, and I didn't even get a chance to tell her what the fuck does that like that? That doesn't seem weird to y'all. I mean, the brother, her, it seems like they all was in on it. I think that her fat, sloppy ass is so insecure. The only way she can keep her man happy is if she gives him children the fuck on in the meantime. I honestly feel that way. And I think that I was one of them. And she had my sister go out with her and they took forever. And her brother left and all of this happened because I guess maybe I was used as, I don't fucking know, bait. Like a way to keep her man. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. But we're family and I grew up with them. And my, my mom watched them and, and raised them. And we, we grew up as cousins. So when I tell you that this shit seemed off to me, everything seemed off. Her. Her mom. This is the cousin, the wife, whatever you want to call her. Her, her mom, him. They would call me nonstop as a kid, like, oh, you're around 16 years old. You're going to college soon. We can buy your tuition. We can buy you a car. We can give you money. As women, as mothers, knowing what they did to me, knowing what he did to her daughters, knowing that he touched on kids, on, on her nieces, on her, her sisters, like everybody. She still tried to protect him. She bailed him out of jail and tried to convince me to drop the charges. And as fucked up as it sounds, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. My mom and dad both, biological mom and dad, was taking money from this man, telling him that they were going to convince him or convince me to drop charges on him. I didn't find out till later. 
As a 16-year-old kid, I was going to court on my own to fight this case. My mom and my dad didn't show up, didn't back me, didn't support me because they knew that they were doing things that could fuck up my whole case because apparently he was going to get on stand and tell them how I supposedly took money and I got all this new stuff and I didn't even get a motherfucking cell phone, a, a pair of Uggs, nothing. She didn't even spend it on me. I didn't have cable in my room. I didn't have new clothes. I was a good student. My mom and my dad took that money and did whatever the fuck they wanted to do with it. And I never talked to my dad. I don't even really have a relationship with him. I've, I mentioned that in a few poems. This summer, this man seek me every day during the summer because he kept coming over to me wherever I was to try and convince me to drop the charges for this man. As my father, you would think that he would have killed this man. And I later on went to go visit my father periodically as I was as we were like separating and I was not dealing with him anymore. I would go around with the garage he hang, he hung out at and guess who was in there with him chilling? Roy. Now, I I came out at a very young age and I'm a lesbian and and I've made that very clear. And I think that they felt that they can cure me or they can fix me or it was all these different. Everybody had their own motives. Nobody actually gave a fuck to be there for me. My sister went to maybe one or two court cases because she felt bad that it happened when she was, I was supposed to be underneath her watch. I was still a kid. I was just older than the other kids than I was, that I was watching. So with all that being said, here I am now, like I'm, I'm able to talk about it. I moved away from all my family. People ask me, why do you move away from all your family? They're fucking trifling. Like they're trifling. I don't, I don't, I don't deal with my family. I barely talk to my sisters. I damn sure don't talk to my dad. Anybody who I'm related to through his side of the family, I don't fuck with my mom. The only reason why I talk to her is because she's my mom. And for some reason, kids always have a soft spot, no matter how fucked up they are. But honestly, I shouldn't be talking to her either. And with all this talk on the blogs with this R. Kelly shit, it really just sparked something in me. And I just and I just want to talk about it real quick and tell my story. So if you listen to it and you want to reach out, let me know what you think. But here it is. And um, I don't really know how to end this one other than don't let it be you. Don't let it be your spouse, your sister, your daughter. Just don't let it. Just be mindful and be safe and be aware and don't be insensitive when you talk about these things that you did not go through. All right, y'all. Bye.